Well, I had some sleepless nights mm. that, that, that it got to my gut that, you know, this lack of reasonableness, this inability to see the larger picture, this lack of focus on mission drove me nuts. Yes. And, and so there were plenty of times where I'm sure my wife was tired of hearing me <laughs> bemoan this one thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think what we learned is, you know, perseverance is not fun in the moment all the time. Mm. You know, when you're in it, a lot of times you want to react out of emotion. Hey there, friend. It's Stephanie Krevins, your host of the Hot Mess Hotline, where we help mid-level leaders learn to think like entrepreneurs. In these next couple of episodes, you're going to hear from Jim Morris's hot mess that took him nearly a decade to solve, and he's still working on it to this day. He is currently the president and CEO of Greater Indie Habitat for Humanity. He has led this organization since 2011, and he has over 30 years experience in both the for-profit and nonprofit sectors. He spent the last 21 years in the nonprofit sector focused on affordable housing, arts and culture, comprehensive community development, economic development, and cultural tourism. Before that, he spent eight years in the for-profit sector focused on residential building and the construction industry. So combined with his nonprofit experience being the executive director of the Arts and Cultural Alliance in Orlando. With his for-profit experience, he is the perfect leader for right now in Indianapolis for our Habitat affiliate. He also has an MBA from Rollins College where he earned the exclusive Martin Bell Scholarship that is awarded annually to senior nonprofit professionals who demonstrate outstanding leadership in the nonprofit field. My friend, I am so excited for you to learn from Jim, his tenacity, his perseverance, his patience, and how he solved a hot mess that took nearly a decade to bring together. So let's dig into this first episode where you're going to hear from Jim, hear our conversation about the unfolding of this institutional cultural problem that existed here in Indianapolis across Habitat affiliates. And then I want you to listen into the second episode with Jim, where we learn from him how he patiently, deftly dealt with this situation to bring multiple organizations together. All right, let's do this. I appreciate you taking the time to be here and um, share your experiences. It's, you know, in, in, in my world, Folks who are not in the C-suite, they don't understand the pressures of it, and especially in a nonprofit where you're sandwiched between the pressures of the board, the staff, yourself, <laughs> the organization. There's a lot to yeah to yeah, keep at the different. forefront. I, I think my, I've got a few people that that I went to school with that own businesses, and they mm-hmm. ask me what the difference is, and it's the board mostly that yes. that and the fact that you know you're a public organization, so you're you're yeah, so it is different. Yeah. yeah. The public accountability and yeah, then, public accountability mm-hmm. over you know decision making in particular, mm. where you're not your decision isn't just for the profit of the business and the employees and the customers. It's on behalf of the community that you serve mm-hmm. and the broader community because they're looking at you as having to be responsible for these are contributed public monies sometimes tax money through government funding mm-hmm. and so these are all and oh, these are all individual monies these are 
So that's yeah. that's a bigger responsibility oftentimes. Yes. Than than the other. So you gotta you don't let that sit on your shoulders. You probably sleep less at night. If you <laughs> focused on that a lot. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would not be healthy. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta learn. You you have to learn how to separate yourself from all those expectations and still be a human and get some sleep. That's right. And be a husband. That's right. Yeah, and a father, I assume. Yeah, yes. A father. <laughs> yeah, and a father. Yeah, with uh, teenagers who have to start school virtually uh, mm. tomorrow. Mm. Uh, yeah, they're not happy. They're yeah. Mm. Such a different world. Well, let's dig in. Okay. Tell me about your hot mess, Jim. Yeah. Uh, so hot, <laughs> hot mess. Uh, you know, I think what what I've realized is that uh, I'm built in a way that I can I can usually most things roll off. Mm-hmm. So when I think of hot messes, you know, I've been this is my tenth year at Habitat for Humanity. So the thing that's probably got under my skin the most was not external circumstances that affect us, which mm-hmm. are many. You know, we're in the building industry, we're in a retail industry through our restore operations. We're in human service at the heartbeat of what we do mm. is, is walking with families. So there are lots of different circumstances that pop up that affect us getting our work done. Mm, yes. Those mostly roll off me, and, and I actually embrace those and welcome those and love dealing with problems. I oftentimes tell our leadership team and our staff that that's, that's why we're here. We open the door, welcome the problem in, we tackle it as a team, and, and, and we move forward, right? Yes. Um, so the one thing that hit us and in in, in in me the most in our team was is internal. It was within Habitat for Humanity's structure and the way we're organized. So we would be organized in kind of like a franchise model in a for-profit way. It's yes. called an affiliated model in nonprofit, which allows for Habitat nationally has about 1,400 affiliates, and their their design is by county. So you operate within a county. Okay. And and within Indiana, there's 52 of us. And so we had been Well, 52 affiliates, we 92 counties. 92 counties. Yes, okay. Uh, so, and we had been operating primarily in Marion County. Well, in Marion County when I started back in 2011. So I, you know, when I entered into this, I understood the way it was organized. I didn't but I was thinking, look, this is this is a mission-based organization. It's uh, faith-based mm-hmm. in its start. So while I didn't necessarily think we would all be singing Kumbaya in, in how we approached making an impact, I felt like there'd be a strong bond between all affiliates and, oh, and the yes. work that we do. Yes. Uh, so my first meeting with the other affiliates that are close by around the counties was three months in i was invited in i thought this is going to be a great opportunity to meet my peers and these other affiliates <laughs> and the first person i see was an individual that ran the hamilton county affiliate and he looked at me and i and i can picture like when you see, remember two fighters if you've ever you know i'm not a yes. boxing fan but you yeah. know when they stare each other down yes that's why he looked at me. Oh, well, that's when welcoming. I into the room and I thought, <laughs> oh, this is not a friendly environment. Uh, did I find the right room? Mm-hmm. And the entire meeting was them basically asking why we were doing all these different things to them wrong. We were we were this big bully. As the Indianapolis, as the, the Indianapolis, Indianapolis the yeah. biggest one, they yeah, perceived we, you as we a were bully. Sort of the mm-hmm. you know, five hundred pound gorilla. Yes, and we we were constantly doing things unto them, mm. making their lives. 
harder. They pointed out a couple examples. And again, I'm brand new. So I'm thinking, oh, I had no idea, you know, that this is so my first inclination is to see, are we actually doing these things? And yes. What are the parameters we're supposed to work within? And when I did some digging, I realized that it was not actually true. What? Shocking. Then, yeah, <laughs> this, this was something that was had been going on for a while and mm-hmm. my predecessor didn't necessarily stoke the fires of of Mr. Congeniality in terms of of helping the relationships. Mm. So, you know, we we set a course of saying, look, we're going to we're going to be above reproach. We're going to carry ourselves in a way that yes, we are the largest uh, affiliate in the state and we're in the state capital and the, you know, largest city un- and understand those things. Yes. How do we position ourselves in the best manner? And so we 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 went in with this in mind and if we have resources that are in abundance we're gonna we're gonna share those resources but it was with with hamilton county in particular so it was with one individual yeah and hamilton county and marion county have a great relationship county wise in terms of you know many people live in hamilton and work in marion and indy and 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 so there's that natural connection as a county sure but there's also sort of a you know competitiveness there yes. just naturally. Well, know, and 10 years ago, I feel like the landscape was a little bit different in central Indiana as that county was trying to figure out its identity separate from just a suburb of Indianapolis. You know, you're right on point, uh, especially, you know, Carmel's great growth and what they've done, yes. the Performing Arts Center and the downtown and the various cities have grown. You know, Fishers now has a mayor. It didn't back then. Right. So you're right. There's there was a change and an evolving in what that looked like, and I think we were aligning with that in many ways. We ended up so that's going on. We ended up actually urging eventually with Hendricks County and, mm. and expanding into Hancock County in 2014. And I remember the the former Hendricks County leader saying, you know, we we tried to compete with you all and def- and and create an identity separate from Indianapolis. And we put so much energy into that, and it just did. Everybody knows Habitat for Humanity. They they didn't really care. Yes, donors don't yes. ultimately care. Yes. about how we're organized internally. They want to just know that the work's being done and that that we're helping families uh, through home ownership. So that was a good learning moment, and but the tension was still there mainly with Hamilton County. We we for example extended. We we have a strong relationship with with IU Health, and they have hospitals across the state yes so they wanted to celebrate with us and do work across the state by doing an event we call them a panel build it's where we help build some of the wall panels in in parking lots okay so it's an easy way for people to come volunteer and it allows for us to be in proximity to their location and they of course have IU has a space in Hamilton County and we offered this to the Hamilton County, and it was a way for them to get $15,000 in sponsorships quite easily. We could have not done that and mm-hmm. taken that money and done it ourselves, but we extended that. And there was just continued suspicious sort of approach. Yes. From Hamilton that, yes. Uh, we were always hiding something behind our back. We were always doing things. And we, we tried to focus on, hey, how do, how do we just go direct in our communication? How do we be honest? And then how do we extend grace in that mm-hmm. space? Uh, and, and do the best good for the mission and for ultimately. people that need your help. Ultimately, yes. Mm-hmm. But it was moment after moment. And I'd, I would have one-on-one lunches. I would I would figure out ways to talk to the director that was there. And it just, 
no matter how many times we would talk, I would get a phone call of, hey, one of our board members, you know, saw one of your restore trucks in our county, you know, picking up a delivery. Oh, boy. What what is your response? And it was just sort of this petty approach Mm -hmm. uh, to it all. And I I had this confidence in me. So what I learned about me in this moment is I, I thought I was very confident that I could go in and reason and be thoughtful and pretty much not convinced, but I could at least help people understand the larger picture. Yes. And it had a history of being able to do that. I tried with their board, with this director, and it simply got nowhere. Mm. It was a situation in which uh, we had a moment where we were supposed to be doing a shared presentation because we were invited in uh, to the Fisher's Rotary. Mm. And your affiliate, yeah, the Indian so affiliate was invited we into Fishers supposed to be in that territory to yes. present by County. And I said, Hey, let's do this together. We were invited to do this. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to the board chair, reached out to the director. They didn't show up to, to the meeting. Oh, wow. And so it was me just presenting. And, and, and so these little things kept popping up that were annoyances. And then it actually reached to a point where they were soliciting sponsoring companies that we had long-term relationships with Ooh. that, so they were trying to get in through a different uh, door mm-hmm. and it became known to us The there was some bad mouthing that was going on. It really got to a point where it was just ugly. Yes. And our board was frustrated. I was extremely frustrated. We'd been dealing with this for a long time. We had shown how we could, and, and my, you know, my belief was, look, we're trying to focus again on the mission, the families that are celebrate whenever any, anyone, any family, no matter where they are. And it, it just it became clear that this was a leadership driven challenge. This wasn't mm. uh, clearly not a reflection of Hamilton County mm. by any stretch. It was leadership within this within this affiliate. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until a uh, leadership challenge within their own affiliate that the director left it was kind of asked to leave oh wow and then the the board we had a moment where we thought we might actually be able to step in and figure something out together but the board chair was also that relationship was also toxic okay so that didn't work out and so they hired somebody into that space who was, do you mean when the, and sorry to interrupt you jim yeah. but it sounded like there was a moment where you guys talked about potentially merging or collaborating yeah, a in a new way of at least hey how can we said how can we help our our position was we wanted to be invited in we weren't trying to yes mergers and nonprofits are not like what a traditional for-profit merger is there's no there's not a hostile takeover there's not a there's not a, any one individual that profits from it sure so i definitely don't profit it's not like i get company stock or i'm gonna get right you know some sort of parachute thrown at me that's gonna be golden and you know, <laughs> you know right this just doesn't happen actually I it'll be on. gently used if <laughs> yeah. you get a parachute <laughs> pretty used maybe have a few holes in it yes yes <laughs> the uh you know it really comes down to that's more responsibility for us and i'd actually have more work yes especially in the first uh, year or so yeah those mergers really have to be approached maybe not delicately is maybe not the right word but with transparency on both sides which you need in a for-profit merger but it it's really about how do you how do you combine missions in a way that's most impactful for the community which then people have to decide how that happens, which means you have to set aside your ego, which is really the human challenge in yeah. those situations, I think. But You hit on it, mm. right? The ego mm. pot. 
Uh, yeah. There was a meeting I had again. It was an attempt. We we actually had a sponsor that we again we tried to work together on mm-hmm. that was in their territory, but that had been a relationship with us. But we sure. thought if there was a way to be in this yes and mode, yes, yes, you can help us, and could you also help them? But again, a board member carried such an ego that it completely ruined the meeting, mm. and and. And it, it was tough because you're again in this place where we're we're in a mission based organization. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we were revealing to the sponsor this sort of our house is not in order moment. Yes, and that yes. frustrates me to no end because we're painting a picture of of our our petty inability to to get our, our you know our stuff in order here. Yes. And from their perspective, they don't even think about that county line. Oh, they don't. And, you know, think about it nowadays, right? The media, you know, whether you're banks or other corporations, they don't they don't see a division in the county line. They right. just see us as a region. And, and they see us as, oh, you're Habitat for Humanity. You must be just doing the work here locally. Yes. But you're, most don't know how we're organized. Right. Especially when you think about it in comparison to our local United Way, they are the greater Indianapolis area United Way. And so most of those corporations would probably have the perception, rightly or wrongly, and it's a point for you to educate them on is, well, United Way manages to almost a nine county area. You probably do too, right? No? Okay. So how do we, how do you work with all of that? Yeah. And once you start to get a little complicated in the conversation you know, they, <laughs> yes. they shut off and they're yeah. like, okay i just want to know that you're doing uh yes the good that you so who do i work. write the check to yeah wh- <laughs> where's my money going and rightfully so that's really yes. where their their limit should be they should be focused on how does it affect the individuals and families that you're supposed to yes that you shouldn't have to have that you shouldn't be revealing that any sort of drama within uh, the organization itself. Right. And that, unfortunately, the way we're organized nationally, our national organization can't really police, if you will, this kind of drama. There's Mm. not enough resources Mm -hmm. to do that. There are some protocols and some policies in place, obviously, to to help. But there was some unethical behavior going on. Mm. You know, there was some challenges there so the the final straw really came you know there was a billboard that was placed by the the affiliate in hamilton county that was in our territory advertising for them and that sort of tipped our board to say because a board member saw it and you know that that led to some things and then the director eventually was was ousted and the board hired a new person and thankfully the new hire was the antithesis of of this former leader mm. and was, you know, easy to connect with, but had worked there and had some residue from the previous operation mm-hmm. that we were still, no matter how Jim or any of the others would approach, you're still kind of the bad guy. Yes. And I, I, yeah. I have to assume that what I heard was true. Therefore, I'm going to be very cautious right. in our approach. Right. And I held a meeting with him right away and simply said, look, again, however we can connect together, I understand that at scale, we're much larger in operation. However, if there's ways that we can leverage economies of scale, if we can leverage buying power in any way or anything Mm -hmm. that we can do, that would make sense. But as a small nonprofit in this, you know, I've been in nonprofit for 20 years. So as a small, it's just tough. Yes, a small business. It's tough, mm-hmm. it, right? It's keep the lights on. It's 
it's uh hustle a, scrap every everywhere. day yes in, in in my role i don't have to do the jobs of six people like you do mm. i've been there i know what that's like don't have to do it now so it's very challenging and and our work is very complicated we're in the mortgage business lots of federal compliance issues mm-hmm. you're in retail whole different operation and then you're in construction also lots of compliance issues volunteer management these are very serious things and oh by the way you have to walk with families that are buying their first home and who you know may have in never... generational poverty and totally. the social element and the human service element. yes yeah so you're, that's a complicated space yes and so so we we had a what would be a good relationship but not one in which we were making true advances in terms of of moving forward this season of the hot mess hotline is brought to you by my hot mess quiz one of the common lessons that my clients learn during coaching is how to really evaluate a problem dissect it for clarity and then take action on the tasks that really move the needle the hot mess quiz can bring you that focus too as a leader your work life is full of well work But according to Pareto, 80% of that work isn't even impactful. If you need to create growth and change, you need to focus in on what truly matters and what will drive new results. Take the hot mess quiz by clicking on the link below, which is stephaniecrevins.com forward slash hot mess quiz. You know, just like this podcast promise, and this is in the real world too, what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real? That's what you're going to get in this report. It's going to be tailored to your business hot mess to tell you exactly where to focus your efforts first, and then how to bring your team along to get the change that you need to create. Go to stephaniecrevins.com forward slash hot mess quiz. Don't wait another minute to start becoming the pro troublemaker you've always wanted to be. So it got to at the beginning of 2019. So I started in 11. So here we are dealing with this for eight years. Oh, wow. And, and then the director actually reached out to me and the board chair and said, we would like to merge. So they invited us in. And so it was a moment of, it wasn't like this, we won moment or mm-hmm. satisfaction in my ego. It was more of a, you know what, if this is the right thing, we'll press forward and, and figure it out together. And ultimately, we ended up consolidating our operations so that we're now uh, operating as Greater Indy Habitat, but also uh, providing what we do missionally in, in Hamilton County. And it just sort of rolled up those operations in, in an effective way and we're so we're not even a full year in yet mm. to being formally consolidated but it was a long-term process in there and you know our team learned I, I my leadership team has been here the whole team that whole time you know the the fundraising team which mostly dealt with the tension you know we're all competitive we all you know we're we strive to do the best that we can you know they're they're our sales team so yes. they're really competitive. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, and they're very relational. And so they would get frustrated the most at any any kind of you know inclination of of somebody's moving in on a sponsor kind of a, a mentality, mm-hmm. and and wanted to be more aggressive or be more assertive. Mm. Or, well, if they're being assertive, why don't can't we be assertive? Mm-hmm. What about you know? And we we definitely have scaled to be more assertive 
and you know and so you know i had to press in and say remember our principles here remember the focus on extended grace above reproach and yes it in 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 behind closed doors we would share our frustrations yes and we would we would absolutely and i said then it has to stop here we we you know we have to actually live this out when we do our work and and and, and they did they held true to it which I think was testament to us being able to stay cohesive as a team. So we learned from that. And and patience can suck, right? It's Oh, I was born without any gym. Yes. <laughs> Woo! That that was that that's what I was going to ask you is what did you learn about patience in this 9-year experience of staying focused on the mission? And then I have a follow-up question to that one, but I'd love to hear your your answer to that one first. Well, I, I, I had some sleepless nights mm. that, that, that it got to my gut that, you know, that this lack of reasonableness, this inability to see the larger picture, this lack of focus on mission drove me nuts. Yes. And, and so there were plenty of times where I'm sure my wife was tired of hearing me <laughs> bemoan this one thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think what we learned is, you know, perseverance is, is not fun in the moment all the time. Mm. You know, it's it's when you're in it. A lot of times, you want to react out of emotion. You want to react, and uh, to be patient means you sometimes have to. You now, you you have a long term vision with it. You know, if you're just yes. focused on a quarter or a year, yeah, you're likely could react out emotionally. There could have been some things that we done that that might have been in in we could have been in the right even, and we had a long term picture that, and I saw that eventually. It just made sense for us to consolidate operations. Mm-hmm. There's too much interaction between Hamilton and Marion as counties, as residents, um, as businesses, yeah, as, as businesses, your sponsors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sponsors that are there. It just made too much sense. We had a lot of sponsors that that you know their their corporate location is there that were just it just made sense. Yes, so I, we had this long term, and that was sometimes a thin line that we held on to. Yes, right, that was the <laughs> that you would you'd have to remind yourself of that longer term, uh, ultimately, to grit through sometimes frustrating, sometimes you know, point of anger mm-hmm. moment, and eventually the team we, we saw that through. Yeah, and so, but that's eight years. Eight years is a long time. That is a long time. Yeah. As, as a leader, what do you want? because I run into this a lot and a lot of the clients I coach, they're, they're very mission focused. They are very selfless and that gets interpreted through a lens of, of self-centeredness that they don't intend. What do you think for those people who are not necessarily as mission focused as you and for your team, for other team members that need to be more mission focused, what do you want them to know about that internal drive that's different than I think someone who's, a bit more they don't mean to be selfish but they really do ask on a day-to-day basis what's in it for me what am i going to accomplish what's in it for my team they don't think about the long-term picture what do you want them to know about that perspective yeah i mean it you know most who come to work in a mission-based have a have a sense of that when you're younger though you're still ambitious and you're yes trying to, you're trying to figure out hey where's my place in the workplace yes and I, if i want to grow how do i grow and and so you know i want ultimately you want them to know that that the words on the paper the history of how we're how we became who we are these things really matter 
Mm. Uh, and and there we're connected not just by reading about our history we're actually connected to these relationships that formed who we are mm. and we have a legacy to carry forward that we're incredibly responsible for and have to take ownership of and it's not just jim it's not just me even though i carry the title and i might be the face forward in many circumstances you interact with the public staff member leaders that are you know directors or mid-managers more than i do mm-hmm. that that you're in direct contact with the thousands of volunteers you are talking on a regular basis and representing us so you actually carry that responsibility as well mm-hmm. and so we try to we try to inf- really deepen that in and that's a that's an ongoing process that's definitely not a jim makes some fantastic winning speech that all of a sudden the light clicks right <laughs> it's a regular ongoing hey here's how we learned here's where here's a moment to to give an example here's here's another uh, idea that may have and it's also listening because we have talented people mm-hmm. and it's me understanding positionally that while i may have more experience and i may have you know an understanding of where all the dots are connected because i have you know oversight over the whole thing that they're learning as well and to listen to how what they may see mm-hmm. yeah but ultimately it's all those things connected and then our emphasis when the challenges come is to to we always have to reposition why are we here why are we here we are here for these families who have asked us to walk with them to support them to help change their life mm-hmm. whatever their aspirations are Right? They didn't come to us in our circumstance under our mission to build a house for them. They asked us to build with them. Mm. And we just have the resources. So we, you kind of take prepositions very seriously. It is. That's a very right? big difference, yes. And as a former, you know, as a journalism undergrad, you know, words are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, we take those very seriously in our actions. So we stress that a lot that, you know, and, and so positionally with the families, we're here to... to get behind them to be their champion and we have to do that you, you, you have to live that out in all the all the work that you do as well mm-hmm. uh, whether it's vendors contractors we hire right donors in particular because they're trying to connect ultimately to that family member yes uh, as well so all that you want them to learn that you want them to have that takeaway in that because it's still i get inquiries all the time from individuals who want to transition from the for-profit world to the non-profit mm, mm-hmm. and, and generally and I'm, i applaud it and i uh literally try to meet with every single person that reached out not not everyone i have time to <laughs> and, uh, you know it's not the only thing i can do but i i really want to talk through it with them because there's a sense that when i transition i'm going to get out of the rat race and i'm going to sort of be in this celebratory moment always oh yes being able to deal with humans and connectedness and doing, like your dreams of that first affiliate good. meeting that's right that's right <laughs> my Pollyanna yes. idealistic this is going to be awesome it's really yes there are definitely those moments which you may or may not have had in the for-profit world you still can have those but 
I get those every day in my work. Yeah, you can have those. <laughs> As an owner of an S-Corp, yes. I mean. yes you you yeah. can have those. And, and yes. However, you're, and many many companies actually do a fantastic job of, of, of focusing on the mission mm-hmm. of what they're, what they're there for. Yes. I think there's a sense, though, that, uh, that I try to impart, which is it's still work. Yes. It's still that, and yes, we get hit with all kinds of challenges and, and it's going to be frustrating again. We have to deal with other humans and we're human and, and you know, those things still arise. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to impart even onto the team on a regular basis as well. I want to go ahead and pause the conversation with Jim right here. And I want you to think about before you listen to the next episode between uh, in the conversation between Jim and I, I want you to think about what's keeping you up right now. What's kept you up this year? What's created some sleepless nights for you? And ask yourself this question in 10 years, what do I want to have learned from this challenge? What new perspective do I want to have on What's keeping me awake right now? What's stressing me out? I'm sure there's a lot to it, but think about that. Think about what do you want to look back on the gift of this stress right now and realize and learn from and be different with your life in 10 years. And then let's come back into episode two with Jim and dig into how he solved this hot mess, how he walked his organization through this problem. And and really this this it came together in an unexpected way because of 2020, because of what happened in 2020 with the global pandemic and other social issues that have impacted the organization in ways that he didn't see coming. So listen in to the next episode and I'll see you soon, my friend.